For my ally is the Force. And a powerful ally it is. Life creates it. Makes it grow. Its energy surrounds us and binds us. Luminous beings are we, not this crude matter. You must feel the force around you. You, between you, me, between rock everywhere. I am a Jedi, like my father before me. You don't know the power of the dark side. If you strike me down, I shall become more powerful than you can possibly imagine. feeling about this. Welcome to episode 384 of Blue Harvest. I'm your host, Halls Burkhart. And I'm your host, Will Witten. Buddy. Man, we got... Hey, man. We got a episode... Oh, dude. Maybe one of my favorite episodes of Bad Batch to talk about this week. I'm not going to lie. Right? Right? That's what I was going to talk about. Um, and we've got some like pretty kick-ass Star Wars news, too. So I'm excited to jump into it this week. we got some cool stuff. Um, listen, speaking of cool stuff, you know where you can go to find a lot of cool stuff? Blueharvest.rocks or myweirdfoot.com. For all your Blue Harvest needs, links to all our social medias and, and all that stuff. <clears throat> Including the Twitch channel, where I have been streaming pretty regularly. In fact, I just wrapped up a stream to come record this. Um, so yeah, check it out. Uh, you'll also find a link to our Patreon. If you really like us, really want to support us, you can there for as little as $3 a month. And get access to all our special bonus podcast episodes that we post. Right now, it's Bad Batch season, so there's immediate reactions to the Bad Batch whenever I get a chance to watch it. That's what's going on over there now, but we got Cooking with Will, and Oh No, It's All Solo, and Star Wars Year by Podcast, and Podula Rasa, and Masters of Harvest Kasi, and so on and so forth. So much at patreon.com slash blueharvestpodcast, and a big old sloppy kiss on that turkey neck to our patrons. You guys are the best. How's your week been, buddy? How you been? I've been good. I um, I've been all right. the The kids are tough, but um, but it's all right. It's good. Good. Uh, I I know one thing made me very happy this week, and that was the fact that me and you, yes, got to play some Fortnite for the first time in a little while. Yeah, the stars aligned, and I was like, hey, buddy, what are you doing right now? Yup, yup, yup. Yep, like I was, uh, Monday night, <clears throat> I was kind of considering streaming, and I was like, you know, I'm, 
I don't know, man. I'm in kind. Of, I'm kind of in a stanky ass mood right now. I don't know about streaming, right? So right. I instead was like, you know what? I'm just gonna sit on the couch and watch something or play some video games, and then like out of nowhere, I get a text from Will. Hey, buddy, what are you doing? I was like, oh, I'm just hanging out, thinking like, oh, maybe Will's gonna come hang out in the Discord for a little bit. And he's like, you want to play some Fortnite? Boy, did I. And am very happy to fucking <laughs> report. Your boys still got it. Boy, howdy, we, still, we got still got it. And you know what else? We don't build. Uh, I thought I told you that. We don't build. I thought I told you that. Uh, we don't build. Uh-uh. Man, it was a good time. Um, so listen, guys. We got a lot to jump into today. So I think we got to cover maybe the most important thing first, right? And that's yeah. Will, okay? The most important thing is the fact that now, almost 10 years into the series' life, into the line's life, we're finally getting a Kiati Mundy Black Series, baby! Oh my goodness, are you serious? Look at him, look at him. He Will. looks marvelous. Yes, sir. Look at him. I'm telling you right now, that's the best looking Kiyadi so far. Depending on how hard these are to get a hold of, because I am a little nervous about that, uh, yeah. we're going to be doing some giveaways of these. Oh, Now, this shit doesn't come out till spring of next year, because I guess they're too busy repainting Darth Vader's and Stormtroopers and shit, and mm -hmm. you know, sending those to Target for 30 bucks a piece, and they get bought in two seconds by bots. Um, but when he comes out, blue harvest giveaways if like i said i can get my hands on a few because the one thing that worries me about that is that they announced that it's what they call a fan channel exclusive and i'm oh, gonna no. be honest with you will i see that term thrown around for some of these black series but because you know i'm mostly out of the black series game i don't even know what that means i don't know what a fan channel is i know that means yeah. it's not going to be like a walmart or a target exclusive so maybe it's going to be like you know on some of these specialty websites like big bad toy store entertainment earth and stuff will you have to be part of their fan channels on certain social medias like discords and no i don't think that's what it means i think it's it's just referring to the <clears throat> the the retailers that are going to carry it um but regardless whenever they go up for pre-order i'm going to see if i can't just uh, like hey guys can i get a case of these because i want to do giveaways <laughs> like, i'll I, take I, one case so i i, I got to get a case of kiati mondays and i got i have to have one for myself i got to have one for will we got to get one for steve ad you know what i mean we like we have some gifted kiati mondays that we have to do and then I want to do giveaways as well. So I'm going to be wheeling and dealing, seeing what I can do. Father. You know, I know uh, our buddy Corey, you know, Corey Van Dyke. Sometimes, friend of the show. Friend of the show, Corey Van Dyke. Sometimes, and I don't know how, he gets his hands on um, Black Series and stuff a little early. I don't know if he's buying them, like, overseas and get, and then they get shipped over here. I don't know if there's a place that sells them cuz you know like the whole thing is they get manufactured overseas, they get put on a big planet and then like or planet uh a big pallet rather and then mm -hmm. shipped over here by boat. Um I might ask him to see cuz like if we could oh man, that'd be sick if we could get them a little early and start doing giveaways. Shit. Yeah. Watch out now. 
you get a, a semi truck full instead of a case. <laughs> Fucking, I know this, man. 10 years, because I looked it up last night. I was curious how long the Black Series line has been going. 10 years is crazy. Like, holy shit, does time, time is. What is time, man? The fact mm -hmm. that Black Series have been a, a thing that long. And, like, I guess it makes sense because I've. I have gone the full cycle of being way into black series to then being like, I don't, I can't fuck with these anymore. They're, they make it too difficult. So, um, but yeah, that's the, but I knew something was up on, was it yesterday? Yesterday or Tuesday? I can't remember which day it was that my phone just kept blowing up. And I was like, why am I getting all these notifications? And typically, you know, I, when I see that, I'm like, well, it's definitely something Star Wars related. And then I'm sitting there thinking like, oh, was there a trailer or did they announce a second season of Boba Fett? That's if I'm feeling very optimistic, you know, not my natural state of being lately. But it turned out everybody was tagging me because they were like, holy shit, Kiati Mundi Black Series. Oh, my goodness. And boy, oh, did God. it make me happy. Every single tweet or message or tag that I got in about that uh, announcement. I was like, fuck yeah, I'm the dude you tell about that. That's cool. I'm going to wind up with a Kotaku article about you and the general of the Kiedi Mundi army. Yeah. Blue Harder. This little known streamer slash podcaster bought a pallet of Kiati Mundi figures. Like that guy who was trying to buy every copy of Speed on VHS. Did you ever see that? Ooh, no, I did not. Man, people be doing some strange stuff with their time and money. I can't can't judge. Cannot judge. Um, so that's good news, and that's cool, and that's fun. But the next thing, kind of a bummer, buddy. Uh-oh. Um, Jedi Survivor got delayed. Well, that's you know what? I always think that's a good thing is kind of a bummer that we won't get it as soon as we thought but i love it when they do this i love it when they take the time to get it right instead of rushing for a release date look if you need to delay mm -hmm. to put the the finish on it nice bow make it look great you know you know no rough edges take the time that you need yeah and you they know, said to, this six weeks is going to be used polishing it to the level they want it to be at and i buddy you mirror my feelings on it exactly you know the amount of times i've gotten a game that i was excited about that could have used some extra development time is plentiful and right you know when i do finally get my hands on jedi survivor i want it to be really good and if that means they got to delay it by six weeks i'm cool with that now i won't say you know you can't be bummed about it I'm certainly bummed because it was going to come out right before my birthday and my ass had scheduled like most of the next week, like the actual week of my birthday off to play it. Right. So that's a bummer and I am bummed, but it's also not the end of the world. It's not like I'm going to withdraw my fucking PTO request. Hell no, I'm still take that week off. I'll just do something else. Probably sit around the house with my thumb up my butt. I don't know, man. Who knows? The, the, hey, it, it, if you've never tried it, don't knock it. Yeah, but yeah, it is a bit of a bummer, but you know, my one hope here would be that, you know, one of the benefits of them delaying it is maybe they're not like overly working their employees to get it done by a certain date too. Cause you know, that is a, 
legitimate uh, issue in the video gaming industry, right? Like the whole right. concept of crunch. So, yeah. you know, as bad as I wanted to be able to play it on my fucking birthday when I have my PT, PTO, uh, I would much rather, you know, it not come out that they were like, uh, you know, their employees were like sleeping on cots in the office to get it done. And there were 12 divorces on the team. You know what I mean? Like, oh my goodness. <clears throat> so, yeah, not not good news to hear that stuff. No, no. So thankfully, well, hopefully, I mean, you know, you never know. Hopefully it just doesn't mean that they're like. Okay, well, now we get to crunch these guys for an extra six weeks. Yeah, right. If you're if you're delaying a release date, you know, take your time. There's no there's no need to crunch them. You know, I you know I know the industry. I uh, mean, I gotcha. Maybe not even the industry. Not I know the industry, but like I'm sure the industry will not sacrifice it for off time. Right. Yeah. It's time to squeeze. Yeah, I mean, you know, employee for the most bang. Well, this is the thing, like as in the forefront as the concept of crunch and its effect on employees in the video game industry has been over the last couple of years. Like you are starting to see change. You are starting to see studios like take that into account. So I'm hoping that's the case with this one. You know, it's a simple concept that the happy worker works harder. Well, yeah. And like... uh, I love, buddy, I love video games and I love Star Wars video games, but I don't want to be sitting there playing a video game, a Star Wars video game, thinking about some poor bastard who was up doing Stormtrooper armor texture to four in the morning, working 80 hour weeks and shit, you know? And having his kid be like, mommy, where's daddy? He's in a galaxy far, far away, I guess. Um but okay so we bring you a little good news we bring you a little bad news now we're circling back around to good news they announced the release date in studios for star wars visions volume two today my goodness and guess when it comes out buddy when is that may 4th our fucking eighth anniversary so that means on that's cool the day we're gonna do our live stream i'll be able to get up watch star wars visions and then we'll have something really kick-ass to talk about on the live stream Hell yeah, we will. Yeah. So once again, it's nine shorts from nine different studios. And these studios are Cartoon Saloon. Hold on. Let me see. I'm going to pull up a better list because it tells you the countries they're from. Okay. Uh, El Guerri from Spain. Cartoon Saloon from Ireland. Punk Robot from Chile. Ardman from the United Kingdom. Studio Mir from South Korea. Studio La... Cachette Cassette. It's French. I don't know. They're from France. 88 pictures from India. Dart Shtaijio from Japan. And Triggerfish from South Africa. And it says the the Japanese studio, the Dart Shtaijio short, was created in collaboration with Lucasfilm, which is interesting. It's the only one that has that designation and that kind of makes me wonder if it's because they're going to consider that one canon or i don't know it's it's really interesting right that is interesting now i'll tell you this the one that has me potentially very excited is the ardman one are you familiar with ardman 
I feel like I've heard the name, but I, I Wallace and Gromit. Oh, Wallace oh, and Gromit, oh, oh, oh. Chicken Run, oh, shit like that. That that's, would be cool. Well, they're they're on the list, so you have to assume that's going to be like a claymation stop motion style Star Wars short. Fuck yeah, yeah man! I love Wallace and Gromit. I so, think their most modern thing is called Shaun the Sheep. Yep, yep, that's them. It's a lot of fun. Shaun the Sheep is a lot of fun. At least the couple things that I've seen. Yeah. That's going to be good. I can imagine them doing cool Star Wars stuff. Yeah. Um, and we also got titles for each of them. So El Gueries is just titled Sith. Cartoon Saloons is Screechers Reach. Punk Robots is In the Stars. Ardman's is called I Am Your Mother. Hmm. Hmm. Um, Studio Mirrors is Journey to the Dark Head. <clears throat> uh, Studio Lo Ch Ch Chetty? I don't know, man. Boy, howdy. I should have looked up fucking pronunciations. Is the Spy Dancer like that would have helped? 88 Pictures is The Bandits of Golak. The Art Stagio is The Pit. And that's the one um, that's in conjunction with Lucasfilm. And then Triggerfish did Oz Song. Hmm. So, man, I'm excited to see these. Boy, did I enjoy Vision uh, Volume 1, so I'm really stoked for Volume 2. <laughs> I, um, I'm, I'll be honest with you, I'm surprised there's no returning studios from the first one because I kind of thought maybe they would do one or two follow-ups to the stories from the first ones, but mm -hmm. that's just leaving me a thread of hope that maybe the Ninth Jedi is going to get its own you know, expanded thing like a full show or animated movie or something. Oh God. Right. Cool. Um, but regardless, I can't wait to see. I, I have to imagine if that's coming out in May, we'll probably get like, you know, a compilation trailer or something before too long. And I can't wait to get a look at these, you know, mm -hmm. the, the one thing that I think is cool, like, you know, I, I've said it more than once. Like I kind of wish they would have done at least another volume before moving on from anime just because of, how long you and I and Aaron Boyd and Steve and all my friends that are in the anime talked about how cool it would be to have Star Wars anime. Absolutely, <laughs> and all the potential that's still there, yeah. untapped. Yeah, and that doesn't mean that like they can't do it for Volume 3 or something, right? But right. the one thing that I do think is cool is like, you know, last, the, the first volume, while each one had different animation styles and feels to it, they were all very anime you know, we have the the potential for m a bigger variance in styles with the second volume. So, I think that's this cool. This is true. To get some some uh, uh, Star Wars animation told in a bunch of different styles. So, uh, yeah, man, I'm very excited. I was glad to see that announced. So, what's that mean? So we got we got Bad Batch running now. And then, essentially, in four weeks, Mandalorian starts. And Mandalorian and Bad Batch will run side by side for a while. Mandalorian will run... Shit. It's going to run eight episodes, so it's basically going to run till like, probably the first or first week in May, end of April, right? And then Visions is going to fall... Whew, that's a lot of cool shit, man. All in a row. We're, we're basically spending the first five months of star of 2023 getting new Star Wars stuff. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, right. 
Hell yeah, man. I'm down with that. Um, so, buddy, what did you think about this week's Bad Batch? I thought it was incredible. Yeah, yeah, buddy. I Ooh. really loved it. I um, I may have been the best so far this season. I think it's certainly my favorite episode of the season so far, and I could probably be talked into it being one of my favorite episodes of the show. Listen, I'm a big Gunji guy. I loved Gunji in the Clone Wars, so bringing him back was something I was fully on board for, right? And mm -hmm. then, like, the fact that he showed up, he's a little older, he's still got his little Wookiee Snaggletooth, which is just the most em endearing little character detail, mm -hmm. character design detail. I liked the information I kind of got about Wookiees and Wookiee culture. Mm -hmm. I had not known that before. I did not know that they spoke to the trees and they believed that the planet belonged to the trees. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, they commune with the plant life and animal life on Kashyyyk. Like, I did not know that. Um, <coughs> yeah. That's very um, kind of like Avatar. And certainly, um, anytime I get a chance to go back to Kashyyyk, I really dig. It does have a bit of a James Cameron's Avatar vibe to it, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, Star Wars did it first. You heard it here, folks. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, I was stoked to go back to Kashyyyk. Uh, and then when the Wookiees showed up on the big cats, get the fuck out of here. Are you kidding me? Oh, the second those big-eared cats showed up, I was like, oh, Hoss is gonna love this part. Buddy, it got an, a, like a an audible response from me when it showed up. I can only describe it as a squeal of joy. And I love that they are riding animals. Yeah. Right? And I mean, I enjoy their like their dragonfly technology. That shit's pretty cool. But it's it'd be much cooler to see them on animals than like, you mm -hmm. know, I don't honestly a dragonfly like speeder bike would be fucking cool. Just being honest. Mm -hmm. But uh, I really like that they were on animals instead. It's very more in tune with the planet. Um, now as let me ask you this, William. So, mm -hmm. you know, the, the bad guys in this episode are Trandoshans, right? Right. How come every single one of those motherfucker talks, with, talks like, I'm a Trandoshan, except for the main bad guy? Did you notice that? The leader. I did. I, yeah. I was like, come on, guys. Be a little consistent here. Peace and love and all. I'm loving this episode. Well, I think it was a stratification thing. Like, I think the big boss was able to drop the reptilian list, but those henchmen, they just haven't graduated to that. I see. I see. I think it's a way to like discredit their badassness. And let me say like, you know, I'm, I'm on the record as talking about some of my favorite lightsaber designs. Gunji's lightsaber is fucking sick, dude. It's pretty good. I love the wooden detailing. I like the character of Gunji. Me like too. you feel bad for him and you can relate to him. Like, you feel bad for him because he experienced Order 66, right? But, like, you can relate to him because all of his emotion is through physicality. And like, you don't really, like, like, they do such a good job of making his cute little Wookiee eyes expressive. And then, yeah. buddy, and I'm telling you, too, look, yeah. the Snaggletooth. Yep. Holy moly, man. You know who Gunji kind of reminds me of is our buddy Brad's dog, Dante. 
You remember mm-hmm. Brad's little dog Dante that had a, sn- a snuggle to- snaggle tooth like that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was a good dog. Um, yeah, man, I'm a big Gunji guy. We knew he was coming back, right? Like, yeah, we did. We saw it in the trailer, but the fact yeah. that like I had no idea. Like when I sat down, because I watched the episode a little later than normal last night, um, and I had been avoiding Twitter, but I did look a couple of times because I've been tagged in the the Kiati Monday Black Series stuff. Mm-hmm. Um and no, nobody spoiled it. Nobody was like, holy shit, Gunji was in this episode. Oh, that's cool. And I was not expecting it. Um let me ask you this. That's a phrase I keep going back to too much. Um did, uh, those robots at the beginning when they were going and um making the deal for the forged chain codes or whatever did mm-hmm. you get a little bit of an l3 vibe from their um design i did not think about it but now that you mention it i yeah, i can see that yeah i didn't think about head. it at the time it's the like yeah. the uh the saucer style head i think right mm-hmm. yeah. i thought that was pretty cool i liked those yeah. those droids they were very menacing looking Oh yeah, yeah. Now that I look at a picture of L three, yeah, that's they gotta be. That's gotta be kind of what they were going for, right? Like from that, those droids were of a similar model to L three. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you would think that's cool. Um. So, do you think? Um, I was kind of wondering this. I kind of think this. The events of this episode might be what get the bad batch fully back on the empire's radar right because this was in a direct like it was a direct attack against the empire Mm -hmm. so like we know it's coming we know it's not going to be a secret that they survived for long like you know crosshair knows admiral rampart knows yeah Um, so i really do feel like this might be the thing that like kicks it in the high gear where the empire is on their tail again that and they helped a jedi escaped Uh and that in itself is going to spread like wildfire through the ranks Mm -hmm. yeah that a jedi was found and who helped him oh it kind of seemed like the rogue clone troopers of 99 oh man and when gunji was scared when he was on their ship and he was all scared and hanging out by himself and um, Omega took him uh, Luke's lunchbox from Empire Strike Back. Yeah, the yeah, yeah, yeah. Stuff. The ration, yeah, mm-hmm. the choco sticks. I was like, man, I could. You know what? If they wanted to do, I, I've gone on record saying like, once the Bad Batch is done, I'm good with like a a break of Star Wars animated storytelling in this era of Star Wars. Right? I'll make one ex- exception. If the spinoff of bad batch like once bad batch is over they spin off a series where it's omega and gunji hanging out sign me up i'll watch six seasons of that and a movie you know i think uh omega and this sounds crazy right mm-hmm. but omega and din Djarin, i believe are the future of star wars like um and grogu and grogu yeah yeah along with manda yeah um but the, those storylines, I think, are what are marching Star Wars forward at the moment. And it's you know, that's the compelling stuff that people want to see. I feel like, 
Um, I would definitely say that with Mando and Grogu and with Omega to a certain extent too. I just, and I don't mean this cause I love the show. I love Bad Batch and I don't mean this, you know, as a dig or anything negative about the show, but I just don't see, and, and this is, uh, very circumstantial evidence, right? This is in no way a true indicator of it, but I just don't see it in the discussion as much as some other stuff. But really, the storyline potential for Omega's future, I do agree with you, is very fascinating. And and like her, that's age, my mm-hmm. that's my thing. She is a female clone of Jango Fett. I I you know she was altered more than just her you know her DNA. Like mm-hmm. they enhanced. You would think she was enhanced, right? Like she was that clone lady's personal pet, so she would give her enhancements and to, so to see what she grows up like is fascinating knowing that she's basically a female enhanced Django Fett, which would make her Boba Fett, but with some genetic enhancements. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Cause she, the very be... fact that they could exist in the galaxy without ever knowing each other. Mm-hmm. Oh, the, 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 the possibility for that storyline is so ripe. And like, if you really do need to pass the mantle with the armor, Here's someone else that could take it, you know, and, you know, since she is genetically enhanced, she could age at a slower rate than the original unaltered clone. Yeah, I don't know that. Well, I mean, they could honestly write it however they want. Right. I was about to say, I don't know if they do that, but they could write it however they want. It hasn't been established like they certainly could. Um, Omega was an unmodified yet enhanced human female clone created from the genetic template of Mandalorian bounty hunter Jango Fett, who lived in the years following the Clone Wars. I'm trying to see if they have like um, <coughs> private laboratory. And I mean, let's say, say, I mean, I was just thinking she could be the successor of the Boba Fett armor. Let's say that never comes up. The still the potential for her abilities, her conscience. Um, her sheer fame in the galaxy, and now she's been exposed to a Jedi mm-hmm. and the light side of the Force. Like, oh my goodness! Like this could go anywhere. Yeah, because by the time of the original trilogy, what she would probably be late teens, early twenties, probably. I don't know. Right. See, that's what I was trying to figure out is sort of a, a rough estimate of when she was born, right? And then that would line up pretty well for post-Return of the Jedi storytelling, right? Like, she could age-wise. But the thing is, is, like, I'm also, uh, I also think it's best to let them tell whatever story they want in the Bad Batch before moving her into, like, you know, the Mando show or whatever, because... I think you like this team has done so much writing and creating of the character and she's a really good character. I Mm -hmm. want them to tell whatever story it is they want to tell before then having to be like, well, we can't do this because she's, she's shown up here or whatever. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, but regardless, I do think she's a character who's not going to be confined solely to the bad batch for the rest of, that character's history, right? Like she's going to show up in other stuff eventually for sure. How are there non-canon appearances of her? Oh, it's Lego star Wars. Okay. (laughs) I was like looking through her Wikipedia page and was like non-canonical appearances. It was Lego, Lego star Wars. Um, 
So yeah, I I really like this episode. Oh, I know one thing I wanted to ask you at the end, right? When her and Gunji are outside with their hands on the tree, like I don't know cuz I I you know, I sort of routinely see people speculate about whether or not she's force sensitive or not, right? Um and I've never once been like, yeah, I think she might be. Like, there's never been anything to me, lead me to believe that. But I don't know. I got a little bit of a vibe in that scene or something. I was going to say, know. this episode specifically makes me think that. I hadn't thought it possible now. Right? Yeah, I was like, like, oh, she may be Force-sensitive, like, watching this episode. Yeah, which would be interesting, too. Like, that would be real interesting. Mm, I don't know. Um... I hope that's not the last we see at Gunji. Um, I'm not saying he needs to be a series regular, even though I'd love it if he was. Um, well, we know he survived Order 66 and he made it back to Kashyyyk. Yeah, but, you know, speaking of Jedi Fallen Order, we know by the time that game comes around, Kashyyyk is not in the best position. There's like Imperial bases and shit. So hopefully he goes off into the wilderness and hides with... General Tarful. Leading the Wookiee resistance on the planet. Mm -hmm. He's like General Tarful's right paw man. Get it? Because mm -hmm. he's got paws. Yeah. Uh, dude, yep. Speaking of <clears throat> Jedi survivors delay, I it's off it's not often anymore. Like I am so fucking jaded to bad internet takes that Unless it's something truly awful, like the kind of shit where you're like, oh, this person's a Nazi. Um, oh, this is vile. Yeah. Uh, I. It's not often that I see a, a doo-doo feces take that, like, takes me aback. And I can't even remember I saw where I saw this, but I saw one of the most dog shit takes on the internet where someone was, like, in in response to the Jedi Survivor delay, where they were, they were basically, like, no games, they should never announce uh, game release dates. They should just release it when it's done, and it would be a surprise every time. Oh, man, you... Oh, my God. You don't... Un That's not how it works, bro. That's it's not, not how marketing works. Yeah. They, it was one of the most dog shit doo-doo feces takes I've ever seen. I was just... It sounds away. like an 11-year-old. Um, I'm pretty sure it wasn't. I can't remember the exact source of it, but I'm pretty sure it wasn't. Because if it was like someone that young, I'd be like, "Well, you know, they're young." This, this, so like, it's just a smart ass neck beard. Yeah, I wouldn't even put smart in it. I'd just say ass neck beard, <laughs> head ass, old neck beard, head ass. Um, all right, buddy. Well, hey, you want to listen to some voicemails and and emails and stuff? You know it. Less. Do it. Let me share my screen so we can listen to some jams. Listen to some jams. <laughs> and I got me thinking, 
we don't need any kind of motivators like that. Oz says I can be in Star Wars. Yeah, he went hard to the taint. I can be in Star Wars. I can, I can be in Star Wars. Oz, you're talking about the podcast that revolutionized eat the booty like groceries. I don't take it my joke. I don't take it my joke. <laughs> Aggressively tosses the salad. I don't take it my joke. 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 Mm. Gives you the warm and fuzzies. It sure does. All right, so we're going to kick this week off with, you guys know him. He's on the Sith list. He's he's dropping takes and, and Weezer lore on Twitter. He's got this uncanny fucking Nostradamus head-ass ability. We don't not quite understand. It's our good buddy. The king of all Toms. Royalty. King Tom Chansky. Hey there, Haas and Will. Hope you guys are doing great. I really like this week's uh, episode of The Bad Batch, and put the, the you know the big butt through my head. Am I the only one who wants a Wookiee best friend? No. N- no disrespect to anyone out there, but you know sometimes like I see stuff like that, and I just wish Wookies were real. And then I had a Wookiee best friend sometime. Um, but that's not my big question this week. Uh, you know, it's uh, this week marked the anniversary of the Star Wars Special Edition being released. I think it was like. Oh. January 31st. Um, I was just wondering if you guys, and I think we may have talked about this before, but if you guys had any um, special memories of watching the, the special edition, you know, in theaters or, or any of them, um, it was just great to have, you know, Star Wars make a comeback and you knew that it was was building to something huge. And, and I'm just curious if you guys have any uh, fun memories or stories behind it. Anyway, thanks for listening. Thanks for a great podcast. And I'll talk with you later. Oh man, do I ever. Um, so the special editions came out when I was in eighth grade, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, certainly it was eighth grade. I know for a fact it was eighth grade. And like Will and I have a lot of shared Star Wars experiences. And one of those shared experiences that we both had as kids were the fact that our dads like to new boot goof on us that they got to see star Wars in the theater. Right. Like when, when I would be talking to my dad about star Wars or watching star Wars, he'd be like, you just, you had to be there in the theater though. It was crazy in the theater. You never seen anything like it. And like my dad always held that over me, like not in a shitty way, like just joking around being like, well, I saw star Wars in the theater. Right. And then I remember, um, watching the Super Bowl that year and they started showing that fucking trade. Do you remember the special edition trailer? Will, um, oh, um, let's see. I think I can pull it up. Is this it? Uh, 
Yes. Where it starts off with the... Yeah. This commercial. Yeah. But if you've only seen it this way, you haven't seen it at all. Now, for its 20th anniversary, the adventure of a lifetime returns to the big screen in a way you've never seen before. Okay. So we're not going to watch this whole thing, but that... Oh, I was ready to, but... Um, buddy, see, they played that during the Super Bowl, I'm almost positive of, and, like, you would have thought that Tool came out and played the halftime special, like the halftime performance. That's how hyped I was about that trailer. Me, like, too. Hey, it was a crucial time. Mm -hmm. It was 1997 is when that came out. So that was, I guess, 96 when you, the Super Bowl you saw. No, it would have been. Some... No, it was it was January of 97. That I yeah. Um, but like. So seeing that preview, my family was a movie going family. Mm -hmm. So we go to the movies a lot to see lots of movies. And when that started rolling through in the preview section, oh I was like, God. oh, they're going to put Star Wars back on the movie. Like me and I just remember how excited I was and how my dad was like, oh, that's cool. That's cool. They're going to put Star yeah. Wars back in the theater. That's the best way to see it. Are you kidding me? You know what's um, funny is so when that happened, like I was like, dad, we got to go see like they're doing all three. We got to go see them. And my dad like f and, and once again. To fully make sure I get this across, he was just messing with me. Was like, ah, maybe, maybe we'll go see it. And I was like, no, maybe, no, maybe. Knowing my dad is m most likely just messing around, but like I couldn't risk it. Where I was like, nah, yeah. no, maybe. I was like, whatever I gotta do, we're going to see it, right? So I was incredibly yeah. hyped. And that scene, that shot of the the X wings approaching the Death Star, yes. Whoa. Whoa. That blew the house down because yep. you didn't get any of that in the original. Like a big mm -hmm. scene with all the ships like that was not in the original. And then like as a kid reading the novelization of A New Hope and knowing there was a Jabba the Hutt scene in it. And that mm -hmm. like at that time, by that time, I knew a little bit of like behind the scenes Star Wars stuff. So I knew they had shot a Jabba scene that didn't make it into the final film. But like yeah. just being like, dude. The Jabba scene's gonna be there. <clears throat> too much. It was too much, man. So I was like that day, that Friday at school, electric. Like you want to talk about a day at school that could not go by quick enough. Looking at the clock on the wall and it's yeah. slowing down in front of you. And I just remember like being like, all I gotta do is get through the day, and then tonight, me and my dad are gonna go see um the Star Wars Special Edition, and once again, at least where I grew up at this time, there was no pre-buying tickets, right? So then I have that anxiety going on, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, the right, you had to go down the day of. I remember this now, right? And stay, <clears throat> like if you were going to a seven o'clock <clears throat> showing, like if you were going to go see, you know, whatever big movie was at seven, right? You mm -hmm. like if it was a really big movie like Ninja Turtles or Batman '89 or whatever it might be, you better fucking show up maybe two hours before if you want to see it opening night. Because they could yeah. sell out. Right? Yeah, because you could go up there at the time when the movie's coming out and they could be like, oh, it's sold out. Like and, you um, had to go earlier in the day, like lunchtime or something to get your tickets for like later right. in the night. And I, there was one teacher at my school, Miss Novak, shout out, 
who was a massive Star Wars fan. And she would always talk to me about Star Wars, and I would let her borrow EU books. And she'd come back and be like, whew, courtship of Princess Leia, not super great, huh? And I was like, yeah, I don't know. It's all right. Um, <laughs> and, like, she was not – I don't think I had her as a teacher in eighth grade. I think uh, seventh grade was the last time. But, like, I remember seeing her in the hall hallway being like, are you going to see Star Wars tonight? And I was like, you know I'm going to see Star Wars tonight. And then we had a music class, right? It was our second to last period of the day. And the guy who was over that class was a teacher named Mr. Pritchard, who in most of the time was pretty cool. But I don't know what was wrong with him this day. But he, he had a bug up his ass. And, like, we weren't really doing anything. It, it was one of those classes where you kind of just sat around and dicked off. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I remember him being like, uh, what are you guys getting in tonight or into tonight or this weekend? And you know me, I couldn't wait to talk. I was like, oh, man, I have I am so excited. I'm going to the movies tonight. And he's like, you're not going to see Star Wars, are you? And I was like, yeah. Yeah. And he was like, nobody cares about Star Wars anymore. That's dumb. Don't waste your time. And I was like, I'm about to get expelled. <laughs> Bro, I'm about to put the fucking camel clutch on this dude and make him humble. This motherfucker right here. Um, and then I remember, you know, uh, my grandfather picked me and my sister up from school. We went over to their house, and then my dad came and picked me up when he got done with work. We went and got food <laughs> at one of my favorite places in Star uh, in in Columbus called Potter's. It was like a hamburger place. That was right dude, next to the theater. The Malco. I bet Twitter. you were vibrating. But, dude, I'm so excited, buddy. You've been <laughs> with me. You know. You know this version of me, right? Just think um, back to the night that Final Fantasy 13 released, or the night before the night that I lost, the Force Awakens. The night that I'm at the yep, theater. The Force Awakens came out, or the, the night before a Lost premiere, like a season premiere. You know this version of me, <laughs> bouncing off the walls, like. And like Santa's coming. Yes. Star Wars Santa's <laughs> coming. And I can remember sitting in a booth at Potter's with my dad eating a big old hamburger. And you could see the parking lot of the Malco twin where we were going to see it. And and Malco twin, by the way, right in between the Potter's restaurant and a fucking Sonic drive in our mortal Ooh. enemy. And I could just see people like finishing eating at Sonic and then walking over and getting in line and being like, dad, we got to wrap it up. And he was like, chill. It's going to be fine. There's going to be plenty of seats. And no. like, no, no, we're, we get in line, right? We're standing in line and like, I'm just watching all these people buy tickets and go in. And I'm like, please, please, please. Cause by the way, not showing on both screens at the Malco twin, mm. not showing on both screens. I can't even remember what the other movie was. Um, and getting it like in, in front of us, was a mom and her two kids, right? And I see them go up to the menu, uh, the the window, and like I see the guy behind the window shaking his head, and like she's like talking. It seems like you know we're not right up next to him; we can't really hear what they're saying. And I was like, "Oh shit! Did they just say it was sold out?" And I was like, "Oh no!" I was like, "You the pit? I could feel my stomach." dropping you know what i mean i was like oh no mm-hmm. it's sold out and sure enough this mom and her two kids get turned away and and i look at my dad and he was like don't get too upset let's see and he goes up and the guy goes 
my dad goes, is it sold out? And the guy goes, well, it depends. How many tickets do you need? And my dad goes, we just need two. And he goes, well, you got the last two. We were in, baby! Woo! By the skin of our teeth. Man. So excited. Man. So excited, man. Your dad played that incredibly loose. He sure did. I mean, it came through right at the end. That's that's that Richard Burkhart cool. You know what I mean? That's what, that's what, I I mean, because I was sweating. Whew. Your dad would have been like, how much to stand in the back? You know, uh, you you joke about that, but the the night Ghostbusters 2 came out, because my dad's a massive Ghostbusters fan, by the way. Um, and uh, we went up, same theater, and the guy was like, ah, we only have one ticket. And my dad was like, what if he sits in my lap talking about me? <laughs> and the guy was like, I don't know if my manager would let me do this. And my dad, my dad, who just don't tell him <laughs> was, uh, yeah, my dad was like, ah, just he'll be fine with it. Your manager will be fine. And I'll be damned if Richard Burkhart <laughs> didn't talk this dude into selling him two movie tickets, one of which was me sitting in my dad's lap for the entirety oh, of my Ghostbusters 2. Big shout out to Richard Burkhart. Good dude. That's that funny. That's funny. Um, so yeah, man, that's, that's, you know, and obviously like going to see it, like I was amazed. I went to see it again, maybe the next weekend. Um, and yeah, man, I, I was <sighs> electric and, and went to see all three of them. I saw all three special edition star Wars movies twice in theaters. Really? Mm-hmm. That's fun. I don't know how many times I saw them. I know I saw them each at least once, but and maybe I, my dad took me a second time to one. It was it was fun though. I remember it. It was an experience. Mm-hmm. I'm sad that I wish that I wish they did that routinely. You know, like I kind of wish they released Star Wars. You know, you know, once every five, ten years, just to go watch in the theater. Yeah, and you know, they always do the the marathons, or they were doing the marathons with the new movies when when the sequels were coming out. But man, and and I'm someone who loves to sit and watch a bunch of Star Wars at once. But I can't imagine, like, especially for Episode Nine, watching eight full Star Wars movies leading up to the ninth one. Like, I don't even know yeah. how, like, I would be able to take in a brand new star wars movie after sitting there that long you know you know there are certain um certain theaters that have like beds in them oh yeah like, like that that would be about the only way i could oh yeah that. take a little nappy nap during attack of the clones not the whole movie but you know no just a little nap little refresher just the part in between the beginning and the part of the battle of geonosis <laughs> i don't know no nah, man do you miss out the cool ass obi-wan versus Django fight and the seismic charge that seismic charge wake your ass up in the theater that's your alarm clock right there yeah but yeah man i the special editions like i understand people's issues with them to me it is i'm so tired of hearing about it though like I, there's nothing uh, yeah. I want to hear less about than somebody's opinion on Greedo shooting shitting first on, or whatever it may be. In shitting the on why George Lucas did it, like because yeah, he can, because like, he can. The man did it because he could. It's his art, and, and it allowed wants, me to so. see Star Wars in the theaters again. Oh, and by the way, it sure damn did, didn't it? Um, when we were leaving, introduced a whole new gen. 
when we were leaving uh, the A New Hope special edition, I ran into Miss Novak's son, Jason. And he was like, Halls, oh, that was amazing. And I was like, I know. And he's like, I can't wait to bring my mom to see this. Oh, my goodness. And I was like, oh, Star Wars is back. And then to think about that literally it, we were at that point only two years away from the Phantom Menace, right? Like, ugh. And it seemed like it was forever away. It just seemed like it was never going to happen. But they were in the process of making the Phantom Menace at that point. It's crazy. That is crazy. And I, I, can't, I almost did, got... Did George do that so he could have money to make the prequels? No, no. He was already in the process of making it. I think... Well, I, I'm not saying it probably didn't help, but it was to... I think reintroduce Star Wars to the general public before bringing the new movies out. The trilogy aimed smart, to renew the movies. Opinion. Yeah, this is what it says. The trilogy aimed to renew the movies in the minds of both the older and the younger audience and to prepare, prepare the way for the upcoming release of Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace. Um, <clears throat> so uh, the only other thing I remember that sticks out special edition wise was I almost got a sneaky third viewing of return of the Jedi, uh, special edition in the theater. Cause I'd seen it twice. Um, <coughs> right. And I was like, Ooh, I want to see it again. I got to see special uh, return of the Jedi special edition again. Mm -hmm. And I talked my cousin Brooke into going to see, Return of the Jedi, because she could drive at that point. I was like, Look, will you please go see, I'll get your ticket if you'll go see Return of the Jedi for me. And this is a discussion that's going on during family dinner uh, on a Sunday afternoon at my grandmother's house. And she was like, yeah, right. I guess we'll go. And so we go to the theater and she pulls a quick one on me where she's like, oh, I've heard good things about this movie, Howard Stern's Private Parts. Let's go see that instead. And I was like, I really want to go see Return of the Jedi. And she was like, Ah, come on. You've seen that enough. Let's go see Private Parts. And we went to see Private Parts. <laughs> oh, she Jedi mind tricked you, She buddy. did Jedi mind trick me. And you know what? I dug it. So there's some boobs in that movie. Yeah, right. You don't really see that. Hard to turn that down. All right. Next up, we have one from our buddy Jim. Good evening, Hawes and Will. How the hell are you? Um... That uh, live that stream uh, was awesome. Freaking, so many cool people chatting. I'm like, how how is this possible? Did like a podcast come and visit Hawes on the stream? It was awesome. I got I only barely embarrassed myself, and uh, got to make Harrison freaking Sendula uh, laugh at a dad joke. So I'm happy forever for that. And so thank you, uh, Hawes. So. I wanted to emphasize, uh, so I've, I've always wanted, uh, the Han Solo two movie and I didn't want to settle for a series, like almost like it's cheap or something like, like a cheapens it or something. But, uh, after watching Andor, I think that there's more of a reason to make, you know, more proof that you can do what I would call two simultaneous plots. I mean, there, I know there's multiple plots, but 
I mean, a lot of the characters never meet each other, and they are directly affecting each other. And that could ju- that just shows me that you could do the same thing with multiple episodes, have Solo and Darth Maul stuff going down with the Crimson Dawn uh, the whole time. And honestly, you know, I've never been too held up with, you know, if Han Solo, young Han Solo saw a lightsaber and stuff, I, I don't think that that would be proof to him that uh, the Force is real and convince him and all that. I mean, his big hold-up sounded to me in the original that um, he said he'd seen a lot of crazy or strange things, but he'd never seen anything that that shows him that uh, one Force controls everything that, and everything's destiny and his destiny. So, like, that seems like there's a lot of hoopla that he doesn't believe, but, you know, he could see Darth Maul do some backflips with a lightsaber and just run away, you know. Uh, but I, you know, you gotta live. Andor shows me that they can be split and awesome. And I'm ready for a series. Just give me something. Don't let them all age out of the roles and comp- the movie, the original, completely slip from people's minds. But. What do you guys think? You think that's doable? Uh, what do you What do you think about the whole topic? All right, guys, ignite the green. I think it's completely doable to do a follow up to Solo as a series, right? Yeah. The problem is that Solo was it, Solo massively underperformed. Like, I don't think that just doesn't help. And listen. I think Solo's a really fun movie. Like, I think the the way to describe Solo is fun because it is fun. It's got a lot of fun moments. I think the performances across the board are really good. I think Alden Ehrenreich was a really good young Han Solo. Donald Glover, uh, there is no better casting besides Billy D. Williams for Lando. Like, like everybody's really strong in that movie. It just it didn't perform like its budget is listed as 275 to 300 million. Right. And it made $393, not 393. <laughs> that means like four people. It's That's a massive underperformance. <laughs> no, I'll tell you. $393 million. Well, you say, Oh, well then it made money, right? Because it made $93 million and $93 million is a th- anything to shake your nose at. Well, that budget of 275 to 300 does not count for whatever they spent on marketing. And from what I understand, obviously I'm not in the biz, but it is not uncommon for a big tentpole movie for like a Star Wars or, you know, a Marvel movie or, uh, uh, you know, any, anything big like that to spend half to 100% matching the budget of the movie and marketing right there was a solo trailer during the the super bowl that year like they spent a lot on marketing and that's where it didn't end up making a profit right thems ain't cheap they are not the spots on the super bowl and like the one thing i'd say for solo right is that the the best thing for solo is that it does seem over time slowly but surely over the last almost five years that it's like it seems like it's 
uh, fandom or or outspoken fandom is is slowly growing, right? You know, there's mm-hmm. plenty of people that didn't like the movie, and that's totally fine. But like, you know, I still see people bring it up, and you know, if anything, I think that alone gives it at least a chance of getting um the chance at some sort of continuation down the road. Now, the fact that, you know, uh, uh, Ron Howard said that, you know, from what he understands, there is no talks of a solo follow-up and that's all just the fandom talking. And, you know, the fact, and, and peace and love, I love Star Wars comic books, but sometimes if a character starts showing up in Star Wars comic books, you can almost bet it's because they got the go-ahead. And the reason they got the go-ahead is because there's no plans for them. And the fact that Kira from Solo is majorly featured in a lot of the Star Wars comics of the last couple of years. You, you see what I'm saying here, Will? You see where I'm headed? I do. I do. So, I don't know. I it would love to see it. spells her demise, more or less. I would love to see it. I, uh, you know, more than anything, I want to see Donald Glover as Lando again. I hope the Lando series happens. If the Lando series happens, right... I think that's maybe the closest we could get to some sort of follow-up. Because you could have Alden Ehrenreich and Eunice Sotamo show up as Han and Chewie in an episode or two. Like, people would flip out. You know? Well, I mean, I don't think we have to. I mean, yes, Solo is set up to resolve the thing with Kira. Right. But you, you could do Han Solo stories that have nothing to do with her. And how you would approach that subject is entirely up to you but you could do it you know you could do and it wouldn't be a follow-up to solo but it could be its own thing it could be its own solo series yeah well see this is the thing uh that the one thing i'll say about kira being in the comic books is they have not addressed because in the comics she's the head of the crimson dawn obviously right. we know right that Darth Maul doesn't hold that position permanently because he's not the head of the Crimson Dawn when he shows up in Rebels right um, but so we know you know she takes control of Crimson Dawn from Darth Maul or whatever happens there but so you know they could always tell that story i'm here to say though if like if we are going to get Darth Maul in the future like go i, I like there's a series like obviously i don't think ray park is going to be part of it ray park really showed his ass for lack of a better term on social media and 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 frankly i don't want sam whitwer either so Mm -hmm. i would just be fine if they get some other you know martial arts jacked in bald individual that can flippy flippy and you know swing a lightsaber around to play darth maul you know it's Mm -hmm. makeup it's all makeup We'll handle this all in post. Um, you need muscles, backflips, and skills with a bow staff. Now, listen, if if there if old Charles Soul comes out and he's like, guys, my next Star Wars comic is it's called Kira, and it's gonna explain what happened between her and Darth Maul. Like, that's the nail in the coffin for a follow-up <laughs> to that storyline. <laughs> you know, like if <laughs> they do take that plunge and tell that story, then that's you know that does it that ain't great for a movie follow-up to solo right that's the one that i really wish my dad like 
I want my dad to watch Mando. My dad's seen the sequel trilogy and stuff, but I want my dad to watch Mando. But I really do think my dad would love Solo. I think he would really, really like Solo, and that's when I wish I could get him to sit down and watch. Your dad hasn't watched Mandalorian? Mm-mm. Nope. I even, Your I've mom's even, seen it all, though, right? Yeah, my mom has seen everything, bro. Every bit of Star Wars. Yeah, I'm going to do... I, I'm going to try and schedule. I think I'm going to do a whole episode with my mom as one of our makeup episodes. Well, that'll be good. To get us to 400 before May the 4th. Um, but yeah, man. I, I Listen, like, I would be excited about it. It's not... It is not high on my list of things I want to see on the screen in Star Wars. It's somewhere on the list, but it's not... It doesn't take priority over some other stuff I'd like to see. Right. <laughs> like, I'm more interested in seeing, you know, sequel trilogy characters show back up and seeing those stories, personally. But also, yeah. not that I wouldn't be excited for it. It'll be the same. Um, all right. This next up is an email from our buddy Sam. He says, Howdy, Halls and Will. Congrats on the Black Series Kiati reveal this week. And like General Grievous said, it'll be a fine addition to my collection. I don't know if it was about this or about Vision. Sam was in the Discord talking about saying like, oh, I know what they're going to be talking about for 20 minutes this week. <laughs> I can't remember if it was. You sure right about that? Was, he was right. Either one, he was right. Anyway, I know there are a variety of Star Wars fans out there that have different habits. Do you guys fast forward through the crawl or watch it every time? I usually fast forward, but wondered if I was alone in that sense. Also, are there any scenes that you always skip through? For some reason, I have never been a fan of the trash compactor scene in A New Hope, and I find myself skipping through it. Do you guys have something like that as well? Have a great week, fellas, and keep up the great work. Will? Um... Let's see. The only scene, and I mean only scene in Star Wars that I skip through, is the Attack of the Clones, Padme and Anakin fireside chat. That is painful for me. Like, it's just... It's tough. It's super painful. But on the other end of that, the fireside chat, like, before that scene and after that scene, totally fine. You know, that is the only thing that I will uh, fast forward through. I certainly don't skip the crawl. I got to see the crawl. I don't skip the crawl either. I watch the crawl every time. I read it out loud. If, before, you know, in that Tom Kane voice. Yeah. War. Um I so I don't skip anything. If I'm watching Star Wars like you might as well turn off the Xbox controller cuz there ain't no fast forwarding going. You know what I will do though is I'll get up. I'll get up and go get a snack or go to the bathroom or whatever. And, that's uh, true. That's fun. That's that's you know, uh, for me, it's not even the fireside chat in Attack of the Clones. It's the fucking the minute Obi Wan dives out of the window to get that droid. Like, there's something about that chase scene on Coruscant in Attack of the Clones I just don't uh -huh. like, man. I, it's not it, great. Like the, and like it's clearly neither of their their faults right like no they, they were no, getting, no. They, they were reading the dialogue i don't know man stay away from power couplings of uh, a solid performance like i think they were just working with what they had and george lucas was like okay that's I, good enough well yeah i i guess what i meant was they 
said the lines, you know, and I think whatever was just accepted or, or at the end of the day, maybe the eye wasn't to preserve it, you know, to preserving the quality of the shot. I don't know. Delivery of dialogue just didn't sit bad with uncle George. I I just, I don't know, man. There's something about that scene. Like just don't really like it. Um, Well, the whole time he's ragging on Anakin. He's just bitching at him. Well, oh, yeah. you're too reckless. Well, oh, what did I tell you? And, I told and, you about this. I told you about that. What I done told you. And like, it's just, I don't know. There's the, I know the feeling they want you to have, like during that scene, the feeling of being, you know, the exhilaration and stuff. And like, it just doesn't work on me. That scene does not work for me one bit. Um. Uh, sometimes. I will get up during the Edu scenes in Rogue One. That's the planet where uh, Jen Erso, Galen Erso, Jen Erso's mm-hmm. dad is working, the rainy planet. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it is. Once again, I, honestly, I think those scenes are, are well shot, well performed. I think the music's good. It's just, I don't know. I get a little bored or something. I'm like, all right, I'm going to get up and go get a snack. Mm-hmm. Um when I was seeing, you know, Rogue One a bunch in the theaters when it was out, that was always my bathroom break spot. Okay. Also, bathroom break spot, the scene in Solo when L3 and uh, Kira are talking about dudes, like where she's like, how do you, like where they're insinuating that she can have, like L3 has sex with dudes, like human dudes, mm-hmm. you know what I'm talking about? I, I get up right. in that scene. That was a bathroom break scene for me. Not that I have anything against it. It was just, I don't know, man. Some things don't work for me. But most of the time, I'll sit my happy ass there and watch Star Wars, and I'll pa- pause it when I get up. Mm-hmm. Walter. That makes sense. Bro. Will, look at this. Yeah. You got to see this again. He said, that's enough talking about Star Wars, man. <laughs> He's in that position where he likes you to wear him like a scarf. Yeah, yeah. Like I'm, I'm Kira going on to Kessel, being a fancy lady, right? Trying to. Or it's the, it's the cat bazooka. Yeah, the cat bazooka. Here, I'm gonna play this one from our buddy Vinny. What's up, Haas and Will? It's me, Vinny the Mail Mandalorian. Come at you quick with another question. Um, I have been wondering. If we were to be yelling at Shinji to get into the fucking robot, <laughs> what kind of animal robot would it be? All right. Well, anyways, have a wonderful weekend. Sorry for cursing. Trying to keep it clean. I know. <laughs> Bye. Okay, Vinny. Like, you got to apologize for cursing on this one. A, Vinny, the fact that you just brought an Evangelion question. <sighs> You're my favorite Mandalorian. Boba who? So if if the Eva units in Evangelion were were based on animals, right? What kind of animal would Shinji's Eva unit be? Something scared, right? What's an animal that's like real flighty and scared? It'd be a rabbit or a deer. Ooh, a rabbit. A rabbit's a good one. That's a good call, Will. I, I like that. Foxes um, are predatory, but they're very skittish as well. Yeah, but they seem so cool. Yeah, I mean, you know, I was um, our buddy Sean, right? Sean Hoffman. He always mm-hmm. sends me ring 
I guess it's ring camera, ring camera footage of the wildlife around his house. Cause he lives in like Tahoe. There's like bears and raccoons and foxes and shit. Oh, very nice. And he sent me a picture, a video of a bobcat. And he was like, and he didn't realize he was opening Pandora's box with this. He sent mm. me a video of a bobcat and he was like, I didn't even know these, these guys were in our area. And I was like, actually, yeah, they're in most of the States in the United States. They're kind of nationwide. <laughs> and I dropped a little knowledge on him that to this date with all the talk of me making friends with, um, wild animals, exotic animals in the wild. The only animal that I have successfully petted in the wild was a bobcat. Oh my goodness. When I can't I, believe you did that. When I was in the boy Scouts, it's a fucking boy Scouts story. Um, we were walking back from the, the shower, fucking bathroom area the same one where the the kids blew up benji's turd that was on the mm -hmm. bathroom floor oh my it's real late at night right and you know this is a boy scout summer camp it's not there is no lighting like you're you go with a flashlight or you go with a lantern if you go out right. at night. and so right. we're taking the trail back to our campsite and we turn a corner and sure enough there's a bobcat just in the middle of the trail now is this a full-grown bobcat no He's oh, adolescent. It's not like a kitten, though, right? It's not like the age of a bobcat that would still have, like, an angry mama bobcat around. Right. You know, maybe a little bit bigger than, like, Walter. And you know me. I see this guy, and I'm like, I'm going to make friends with it. The two dudes that were, were with hey, me. Hey, buddy. Yeah, the two dudes that were with me, a dude named Daniel and a dude named James, were like, dude, we got to get the fuck out of here. The, fuck that, that, I'm out. What you just said is exactly what my, uh, uh, for, like, that's my reaction. I was like, hey, buddy. And, buddy, sure enough, like, I got down because I was using crutches. I got down, like, on my hand, not on my knees, but, like, down on my knees and just talked to it. And he was like looking at us and he was growling a little bit and he was doing his ears and fucking, um, uh, They're twitching, twitching. No, like stealth fighter mode. You know what I'm talking uh, about? When cats get a little back, pissed. Yeah, like yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm tight. I'm searching cat stealth fighter ears to see. Yeah. Yeah, man. Like this. Like yeah. Putting the ears back, yeah. but he wasn't. He wasn't like being aggressive. Like he wasn't charging us. He was just giving us the, the vibe of like, Hey man, I would prefer you not messing with me. And what I did was I just slowly over the course of like maybe five to 10 minutes, just inched closer and closer to him to where I was in arm's length of him. And he was mm -hmm. like growling and, but he's holding his ground, right? We had to go this way to get to camp. And I'm just talking to him and I'm doing pss, pss, pss. and like he started to relax his ears just the tiniest little bit. And my brain goes, now's the time. Right. So I reach my mm -hmm. hand out and I start giving him light little scratches, little scritches on his head in between his two ears. And for the briefest second, you know, when you pet a cat on their head and they're like, "Ooh, I like this. And they like raise their head into your hand. He mm -hmm. did that. Like he, he gave the slightest little head nod or nudge into my hand and then took off like Barry Allen, the flash into the night. And that oh my was goodness. It. I pat, I pat, like, this is cool. But if my mom sees me, it's my ass. Well, also, you know, that from that day on is, is when I was like, Oh yeah, I could pet a tiger. 
Oh, this sparked the whole adventure. I was like, this does it. I, I'm, I'm a fucking Disney princess. Look at me making friends with exotic animals. Look at you. Yep. <clears throat> so yeah, I, I think Will say Will saying Shinji's uh, evil would be a rabbit was pretty solid, personally. I'm trying to think of timid, mm-hmm. timid and kind of not Light. courageous. Mm-hmm. Um, only other things I can think of maybe a turtle. Mm, I don't but know. That's kind of slow. Yeah, I I think like maybe like one like one of those nervous chihuahuas. You know what I mean? One of those chihuahuas just always shaking. Because whatever it is, it's got to black out and then go murderous. Yeah, and like Ray Ayanami, she would be like in a cat, right? Yeah, yeah. Asuka, she would be in like a wolverine, something aggressive. A hedgehog or a, Yeah, Asuka, like a... best character in Evangelion. All right, next up we've got Florian. Let's hear what Florian has to say. Captain's log started 459 What are you doing? <laughs> Following a magnetic wave survey in the Parvenium system, I started to think about movie franchises again, especially their names. For example, James Bond. It is not called Agents of Britain. No, it's called James Bond, with other actors, sure, but they all need to drink the same martini. Or Harry Potter. Why is it not called Wizards and Muggles? Now, everything needs to have the same boy in it, sure. They used a different name for the spin-off movies, but I don't recall that name half of the time. Computer. Most, T. Neither did. Go gray. Ne- neither did most of the v- movie-going audience. I mean, imagine if Star Wars would have had been called Luke Skywalker. It would have restricted the storytelling in a way. That makes me think, does the name Star Wars also restrict the franchise? If it had been called Star Force, then you could tell even more diverse stories without the constant war element. Or Star Wave, then you could have a story about a nice magnetic wave survey or something. Computer, stop personal log. That had to, that had to tickle your fancy bone there, Will, huh? That was pretty good. The sound effects were pretty good. I like. Uh, He was. I will say that card style captain. I know who gets that Earl. Well, he ordered Earl Grey, but did you? He he ordered it lukewarm, like Captain Picard orders tea Earl Grey hot. Ah. Why? I, I don't know. Maybe maybe he prefers his tea lukewarm. Um, so, but I think ahead. Star Wars is perfect. I don't think there's anything wrong with it. I think it nails the aspect. I can't think of another star anything that would fit mm-hmm. the the saga. You know. Yeah, and and listen, we almost got the Star Wars from the Adventures of Luke Starkiller, right? That was an, uh, a name of the... That was, like, the the title for, like, the third draft or whatever. 
Oh my so goodness. that could have very well been it. And it would have been like, then what they do when they get to the prequels is like, uh, the star Wars from before the adventures of Luke star killer. And then when the sequels come out, they got to be like the star Wars from after the adventures of Luke star killer. It would have made it feel so dated and like a sci-fi novel, that title, Star Wars, like, that is timeless. Like, two words. Yeah. Well, you know, <clears throat> when you when you think about the inspirations, right, that led to Star Wars, like, uh, you know, the stuff that uh, Uncle George was into as a kid, like, the title, the Star Wars from the Adventures of Luke Starkiller, makes a ton of sense. But... Mm -hmm obviously the the right choice was going with just star wars like um like you said it makes it timeless like i don't know i don't know i dig it um, me too yeah and like i i get what florian's saying about star wars and it constantly feeling like it has to have this backdrop of war but I don't know that that's always the case, right? Like, would you say well, most any of good Star adventure Wars has? Well, that's what I was going to say. Any good story or any good action adventure story has conflict. It doesn't necessarily have to be a war, right. but there's conflict. And that's what compels the story is conflict and to resolve the conflict or to see the ramifications of the conflict. Mm -hmm. It doesn't always have to be war. But when the fate of the galaxy is hanging in the balance, oftentimes is war. It's got to be a right. warlike nature for the entire fate of the galaxy to be online. Because like, that's that's the stakes established in the first trilogy. Like the stakes are the entire galaxy. Uh-huh. Yeah. And like there's just something like I, I don't I, I don't care if, if fucking episode 10, 11 and 12 is the underdogs fighting a giant evil empire again sign me up i'll watch that all the time all day every day there's something i like about that right like um but you know i think the name alone doesn't mean you can't tell i mean there's been a lot of stories that have been told that don't focus on a galactic conflict that they're smaller more personal stories like you know <laughs> solo like it definitely has elements of it you know he's in the empire for a little bit he you know he's he's stationed on Mimbam. but i would say the majority of that story is not based around the empire in conflict with the empire and it's just using a cool fucking name man right and yeah, they're not I always so. on treks in star trek right it's not always about a trek sometimes there's a I dominion war Oh, this is true. Like wars happen in the Star Trek universe too, but I believe the term Star Trek refers to like the five-year original mission of the original NCC seventeen oh one. Yeah, it does for sure. But that's not what every Star Trek story is now, though, right? Like, no, they're, they're no, they're even nowadays it's becoming something completely different. It's kind of standing on its own legs as a brand, you know, beyond. Mm -hmm. I just really want to focusing check out. on an empire. Uh, sorry, an enterprise. Every series. Um, one day I'm gonna sit down, right, and watch, um, Picard. Uh, that's what I was gonna say. I really want to watch Picard, and I want to watch the Prodigy or Progeny, 
one of the animated show where the kids are on the yeah and i want to watch this strange new worlds i've heard a lot of good things about strange new worlds so have i um but Picard, I want to watch because that's my, like, uh, next generation. He's my captain. Yeah, next generation and Deep Space Nine are the closest to what I would consider my Star Treks because those are the Star Treks I was watching with my dad, right, when they were airing. Mm-hmm. Um, right. And I want to, like, I love Patrick Stewart, so I want to see it. All right, we got one more, and then we'll wrap it up for the evening. This is from our buddy, Neil. Neil! What's up, Oz and Well, it's uh, Neil giving you a call from Chicago, calling about the latest episode of the Bad Batch, uh, episode six, Tribe. Uh, you know, I really enjoyed this episode uh, a lot. Um, I mean, it, I have to admit it is because it involved Genji and all the Jedi stuff connected with this episode, with the Force and uh, him communing with the trees and speaking with those spider-like creatures, you know, giving them passage, stuff like that. But um, I am glad that the series or, this, you know, this uh, season of the series took this step. I, I kind of feel like it's just been a little unfocused. Like, last season, despite the fact... Um, that, you know, a lot of the episodes had their own plots, obviously, and, you know, and everything got concluded to a certain point, as it does every episode. There was this, like, overarching continuation, you know, of what was happening with Crosshair and, you know, how the Bad Badge was, you know, pushing forward despite the fact that they are being pursued. And it just kind of feels like that is kind of solved. I mean, they, admit, they did that one note, uh, I think in episode three, um, with the commander killing, uh, the clone captain, uh, that wouldn't change his report. Uh, that's it. I mean, that's literally all we have gotten as far as a forward pushing overarching narrative. And I'm just hoping that this thing with Genji, um, you know, kind of advances that forward in some way. I don't know how it would or if it will, but I hope it does. Um, the other thing that I, I wanted to mention was, you know, as far as Trandoshans go, I wasn't aware that the Empire had used them, you know, prior to, um, you know, Empire Strikes Back, and Bosk is on the, you know, the team of mercenaries that are hunting uh, for, you know, the, the Falcon. So I, I wasn't aware that the Empire used them pretty regularly, it seems. Um, but uh, I thought that was cool. Uh, it's nice to know... Um, that that kind of has some roots somewhere, and it just wasn't like pulled out, um, you know, specifically for that movie. Um, so it seems like the Empire obviously, you know, takes help wherever they can get, and then you know uses anyone they can to further their goals, which I mean makes total sense. Uh, but anyway, I hope you guys are having a great week, and um, hope you have a good rest of uh, February. Have a great one. Bye. Right on, buddy. I don't know, like. I feel the like Empire does not seem above hiring mercenaries to me. No. And I don't think they're part of the Empire. Mm. It would not allow them in, but I think it'll pay them to kill people. Oh, yeah. Well, and the other thing is, is I think, like, and I'm not even quite sure why, but it seems like there's this, um, this thing that they've sort of established that, like, for some 
reason tran uh trandoshans are just fucking crazy about killing wookies <laughs> oh i didn't even think about that like i don't know what it is but them lizard guys do not like the wookies well uh, they clearly like their pelts yeah um and you know i think i think if you and and I could be wrong because I haven't gone back and watched the first season myself, but I think if you went back and watched, you would see that there was a there was a more prevalent uh, abundance of adventure of the week episodes there too, right? Like the thing is, is like when you watch, you know, Mando or Obi Wan or even Andor, when the that's the thing, like right. I, I use Lost as an example for a lot of things, but to me, Lost got a little shaky in the third season, right? And they even said, like, it was really difficult because each season was, like, 20 to 24 episodes, hour-long episodes. And then after mm -hmm. that, when they hit the fourth season and they were allowed to do smaller seasons and they were more focused, it was stronger, and it didn't feel like you got some of that weird shit, like, jack's tattoo or whatever it may be right oh uh, yeah bad episode. entire episode bad about episode. jack's tattoo bad episode oh my um, um and and i think the same thing can be said for this like they have 16 episodes they gotta fill not every episode is going to be rocketing toward some overall story i think and and the other thing is with sometimes with star wars you got to give it time they don't always pull it off but sometimes you know, a few episodes down the road, you'll be like, oh, interesting. That's how that one moment tied back it. You know what I mean? Well, one of the things you can see if you look at it is they're collecting allies. Yeah. You know, for something. Yeah. There's going to be a point where they're going to need all the allies show up for something. And, and, and Gunji will be there and, and the Indiana Jones chick will be there. I'm going to say this, and, and I, I say this as someone who has a lot of friends that really like the character and this is not meant as any kind of diss against them it's i would i'd be fine if crosshair just never showed his ass up again i don't like yeah. him like uh, i just uh, the it, looming conflict is exhausting well yeah like you like, know it's coming and well, you know it's you had a painful. chance right yeah, like right your homies gave you a chance and you decided to still be a fucking uh, toothpick chomping dickhead all right Okay. It was like, bro, come back. Ditch these losers and, like, come back. And, like, at, at this point, any uh, Order 66 programming, um, you, you, that excuse don't fly with me, right? I've heard I just too don't many. know. I I've don't had... know how the psychological chip works, you know, well, for them to be messing with your brain. And I've it's... had a lot of excuses for bad behavior thrown around at me in the last 10 to 12 months, and... That's true. I'm done with that excuse. <laughs> I'm done. Um, but, I mean, once again, I know he's going to be showing back up. There is unresolved stuff to do there. But if they just were like, okay, this is the episode where Crosshair dies, I, I would be all right with that. Like, I, it's it, that's not a story that interests me anymore at this point. Right? Like... It's well, I'm just personal. assuming it's going to come to some resolution eventually. Oh, yeah, it absolutely has to. Honestly, it, I mean, it, I'm saying it as a bit of a bit, but if they 
didn't, if Crosshair just never showed up again in the story, I'd be like, that's fucking weird, right? <laughs> like, what happens if yeah. they try to, they, okay, so there's a big showdown and they make the plea for them to come with him. But in this, in this showdown, he's blinded, right? By so the he light, no longer revved see. up like a deuce. Mm-hmm. But it would hamper his crosshair ability. Like it would take away the thing that makes him what he is. He have to change. He's his blinded. Hair. He'd have to change his name to No Hair. I don't mm-hmm. know. Really, you got to really be careful with a name, like tied to your ability, right? Yeah. Right. Because, like you said, what if he gets blinded? Then it's you like it's uh, like calling a big guy tiny. You know what I mean? Yeah. Hey, what's up, yeah. tiny? All right. <laughs> it's disgraceful. Yeah. All right, buddy. Well, that's going to do it for us this week. Thanks for recording with me. Hey, thank you for having me on. All right, guys, listen. Go leave us a review on iTunes if you haven't already. We really appreciate the people who have. If you like our theme song, please be sure to check out the band that was kind enough to provide the music. They're Stoned Cobra, and you can find them on iTunes, on Spotify, and on stonedcobra.bandcamp.com. And if you haven't already, check out me and our buddy Steve on the High Potion podcast, where we talk about video games every week. We have a real fun episode coming out Monday. Check it out. Our buddy Sean Hoffman's on. Will's hey, hey. gonna be on there soon. Hey, hey, hey! Uh, so, guys, or um, the gears? Is this gear six? All right, <laughs> all right, guys. We will see you next week. Talk about Bad Batch, whatever the hell else. Until then, this has been Blue Harvest, and I'm Paul's Burkhart, and I'm Will Witten. May the force be with you. May the force be with all of you. May the force be with us. <laughs> <laughs>